Welcome to Mediaside by Seltra, a podcast about the creative past, present, and future of publishing on the open web. Media professionals shape the world we live in. They define the trends, technology, and inspiration that will drive the industry of content creation forward. Ready for some inspiring chaos? Tune in to learn all about the trials and tribulations facing media owners and operators. Hi, you're listening to Mediaside from Seltra. I'm your host, Nikki Gertner. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off with Gavin Dunaway, our all things ad tech connoisseur. If you haven't heard our last episode, feel free to go back and have a listen. When we left you last, Gavin was dispensing his wisdom on protecting publishers and consumers from fraud. We also talked about whether or not we might need to go back to our TV guides with the impending disruption of digital TV. And then we both dated ourselves quite a bit with talk of cable boxes, cassette tapes, and flip phones. I wanted to hear from Gavin if, other than ad fraud, security, and safety, there are any other issues that he feels should be at the forefront of our radar when it comes to the industry and publishing in general. So let's get into it. So, you know, other than ad fraud and uh, and, and security and safety, um, are there any other issues that, you know, you feel are really close to kind of like your chest when it comes to the industry or when it comes to, you know, publishing in general? Oh, man. Uh so many and i try to keep the whole industry itself (laughs) i try to keep my yeah i try to keep my uh i try to keep tabs on everything i can i am very excited about going (laughs) going to the um ad exchanger prague io in vegas uh where where somebody i know is speaking so Uh, (laughs) who could that be (laughs) definitely excited for that too um and there's so many good talks actually that that are going to be happening there too so i'm really excited to see kind of the whole, like the gamut of topics we're going to talk about. Um, do you have any suggestions for like Twitters or blogs or anybody that you follow right now who, oh. yeah, who like really follow the industry closely or certain topics and are, are just like a great wealth of knowledge? Oh. oh, I can always, yeah, I can always do that. I mean, if you don't follow Ari Paparo, he's always a good one, especially because he will make you laugh as well as, uh, He'll make you laugh as well as uh, leave you insightful. Uh, I really enjoy Miles Younger off of uh, off of uh, from. Uh, sorry, they keep changing the name of the company. Uh, it was Mighty Hive, and I think it's Media Monks again. Uh, uh, yes, I think you're right. Or is or did Mighty Hive become Media? And Monks? I'm trying to look. Yeah, Mighty Hive is now Media Monks. Yeah, those guys are great. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the journalists uh, in the space, like Shoshana Wodensky from um, from Gizmodo. I, I really enjoy Meg Graham from uh, Wall Street Journal. She was CNBC. That's one of the great things about following these people on Twitter is yeah, that... Yeah, you follow their whole journey. I do actually. And, you know, anybody who is listening, uh, I have some... Um, I have lists of journalists as well as uh, just uh, people that I really enjoy following in um, ad tech and uh, always have public lists and I'm always happy to share them. I am on Twitter more than I, I'd like to admit. Nice. Do you want to shout out your handle? I, I personally don't use Twitter, but I, I'm always interested in being pitched on it and why i should so it is an amazing for for journalists in particular it's an amazing tool um my handle is at media trust gavin 
but the ability to make lists of people who have interesting viewpoints and different different um, specialties is just incredible. Um, and that's where, yeah, I have a whole bunch of different ad tech journalists just all together in uh, in one group. And then I have uh, another no one of uh, people I know in Rev in RevOps uh, for great people, agency people, security people. Twitter takes work, though. And yeah. I mean, I've got I, I think I got on Twitter like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the other thing, you don't necessarily want to use Twitter.com. I use TweetDeck, which is, is owned by Twitter. TweetDeck.Twitter.com. You can have like, um, I, I think I've got like 30 columns of uh, different stuff. Right. Some stuff for news. So you're really curating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all about self-curation. Um it's a really useful tool there, but you got to put a lot of work in, especially for journalists. It makes a lot of sense because you can keep track of the latest happenings over all kinds of uh, different fields and talk directly to the people that are affecting the space. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's so interesting that the ad tech community is so active on Twitter or, you know, just present um, because people will just reach out to each other. People just, you know, t- tweet at each other and have conversations, you know, really, 100%. really oh, hilarious. visibly hilarious con- ones visible conversations about whatever they want to talk about. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, part of one of my, one of my reasons why I've been thinking about creating one, but has not, has not pushed me over the edge yet. But yeah, I mean, I am very happy to share my lists and I have collected lists from other people, um, that are just fantastic. I, I can't believe I didn't mention, um, Steph Laser, who uh, just moved over to Amazon. Wow, end of an era for. for but um, she is uh, going to be involved on the the publisher team at Amazon, so I imagine she'll still be um, very much um, sticking out for, uh, for looking out for publisher interests. Mm-hmm. Looking out for the little guy. That's an interesting concept, being able to do that kind of work from within an organization like that. Any person, I, I can see her making it happen. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, two interesting, like actual, like industry specific out of kind of my purview. First off, there is kind of like I feel like a shift back to power, a power shift, kind of back to premium publishers. We keep hearing it at uh, the various conferences. Uh, uh, we've been a little surprised to hear that there's more interest in the Media Trust's um, creative quality assurance products uh, because direct sales are up again. More PMPs. And I think what is driving that, uh, a lot of that is publisher first party data segmenting um, through um, through DMPs like um, Permutive, uh, Lodemy, uh, X plus one, which just uh, which just was acquired. Um, but advertisers have come around and started realizing that it's not just driven by the supposed death of the cookie. I have no idea when the cookies third party cookie is going i mean i think the can is going to keep being kicked down the road for a while um topics does seem uh topics seems like the smartest way to move forward to me i thought that flocks was actually going to be topics but i'm glad they decided to go that route but um advertisers wait can i ask you to go into detail a little bit about oh on flocks i know it's i know i i would i'm asking from a place of where i don't feel like i could really explain it but is, is there a reason why you thought one was going to like work better than the other? Well, it, it, it's more that I thought that federated learning uh, learnings of cohorts, um, that would be flocks, was going to be 
topics. When they first announced Flox, I was like, okay, so they're putting together, they're basically doing contextual, um, they're doing what publishers do all the time. Uh, they're just doing it through the browser instead of publishers doing it on their own pages, looking at um, viewing habits, browsing habits, and then putting uh, putting them together into interest categories. The thing is, the first Flox, they didn't have the categories. It was just numbers. And then I guess advertisers, and this is just the first test. Advertisers, publishers were supposed to figure out, okay, I guess this number corresponds to furniture lovers. <laughs> right. That doesn't seem very easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then from what I understand, flocks became topics and topics is basically the same thing. It's, it's segmenting um, users at um, segmenting users into interest categories. The only thing, and I will say this, this publishers do it better. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's why publisher first party data efforts are finally being recognized and uh, you've seen like you know companies like Dot Dash, Meredith, Dot Dash has had incredible success. That's because their data scientists and their data segmenting is fantastic. They can show intent data and they give advertisers exactly what they want. Uh, Digital Trends is another one that mm-hmm. has done well. BuzzFeed has had amazing success, and we're seeing more and more premium publishers that they know their audiences and they can segment into into uh targeting that makes sense for advertisers and then show performance afterwards i have so many fascinating calls with publishers talking about like yeah yeah the advertiser came in and they wanted to target on this this and this demo and then so we did that and then we just made a separate like uh segment based on our first first party data and that over outperformed all of their all of their demo ones nice that's awesome. I mean, the demo thing and with third-party cookies and the demo thing, it's it's an outgrowth of TV and of old-school TV targeting. We got to get past it. I mean, demo demos have their use, but... Mm-hmm. Um, There's so much more we can do now. We have better data. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think that's been huge. The other thing that... And this is also cool for, for Seltra, of course, uh, is retail media. <laughs> Ooh, boy. We are very excited it's, to see where that space is going, for sure. <laughs> it's so good. It's good for everybody in the industry, though. And, I, I, um, and it's good for consumers, too, because those guys have amazing data you know i've seen kroger speaking around all all the time and yeah they have incredible purchase loyalty program data data and then you could turn and use that use that data to to help advertisers better reach their target audiences on publishers premium publishers everywhere i'm i was at a a iab conference and somebody asked somebody i think from bet i was like are you concerned about um the rise of retail media was like hell no they're giving us money. <laughs> They're buying our inventory. Nice. It's great. That's cool. So that that's you expect that to be a really sort of harmonious relationship. Oh yeah, and it's that, that seems so nice because usually the publishers have to worry so much when there's these new platforms and and new new channels coming up. No, but this one this one really benefits everybody in the industry and you know, if anything it's just going to um you know, data mart merchants and uh, people that were just selling terrible third-party data, they're the ones who are going to get shoved out. And hey, they were going to get shoved out anyway because of the death of third-party cookie. That's really funny. And is there anything that 
you would say like when when it comes to retail media like is there anything you would say you hope to see like at whether from like a experience standpoint or yeah like how this data is getting used i know personally like at seltra we're thinking a lot about you know what the monetization of retail media will look like and and you know kind of what what that even can be one day um is there going to be you know a specific experience or will there be you know the 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 rise of um chat bots are those coming back um that that has that that has come up in a couple conversations <laughs> but yeah what's one thing you you kind of like hope to see from from retail media there's so there's so many things and that chatbot question that got me thinking all kind that I I think it's weird how many people have asked me about chatbots recently like my opinion on them or you know what I've heard about them lately um, and I really didn't think that that was ever going to be something that resurfaced it's I I think they never quite reached their potential I definitely had a, an experience on some website the other day where like the chatbot basically just took all the information that I tried to put into like uh, the help search engine I was like okay great well and then pushed me to a to an actual person I was right like, wow that was kind of useless yeah and redundant uh no but I think there's there's more I would like to research that one. I think there, there's there's more potential there. That's the same idea with like any AI help, like you know um, Siri or Alexa. You know, the potential to market through them as they grow smarter would be good. But uh, the actual product, I think, needs more work. I really try to avoid AI helpers at all. Right. Also, uh, just because you know, I'm I have no problem sharing data on the internet with my browsing, and if I always joke about the fact that uh, I was I'm still working on a column about while I'll be upset when the third party cookie dies because um, <laughs> I go to Washington Post all the time, um, my hometown newspaper, and I often get distracted by the ads because all the ads are for guitars and guitar pedals and they're all retargeted from my favorite favorite shops. It's amazing. Yeah, they got you. I, I click so much. I mean, it's awesome i learn about so much new new products and it's like a whole other content experience so they know me well they know you they got you that's really funny i don't think i hear a lot of people admit that they actually click on ads um you know and i, I know i know like between industry people we know we know you're really clicking we, we all know <laughs> But um, yeah, to actually say that it, it's that compelling and that it's it's actually that um, you know interesting alongside what would be really premium content. That's really cool. Yeah, but on retail media, I'm sorry, I got uh, distracted there. I think one thing that excites me is the potential for high quality, hyper targeted. I don't know if that's the right word, but well targeted. High, let's say high quality, relevant ad experiences. Right. Because for one thing, um, and this is what we've seen in our conversations with various retailers that are doing what I would call audience extension, taking their own customers and targeting them on third-party properties, the type of ads that they are going to be willing to basically buy their audiences for 
are going to have to they're going to have to be good ads. Right. They they not they're not going to deal with low quality creative. They're not going to do with uh, brand on uh, and I'll say publisher brand unsafe and and brand unsafe for the retailer. They're going to be very sensitive about what they buy and what companies they buy for. Mm-hmm. It could really improve ad experiences. The whole thing. Do you think that'll roll over into um, design into creative into um, you know something that gosh I hope I feel like I'm always getting is all of the ads I'm retargeted are just products on transparent backgrounds and it's just like a floating shoe or like a floating mm-hmm. jacket you know at Celtra we've been trying to you know change that but um, I'm I'm wondering from from what we're talking about in this in this hopefully what I ideally what retail media will push that seems like something that they wouldn't allow you know that that would be absolutely uh against their own brand and and they they would only want the most high quality images and designs and and layouts and in their ad creative so i i I do feel you on that one i hope that that is what we see yeah i think so it's just so strange that you throw in that that extra player in the space the the brand the the retail brand they could actually push standards higher right it's just like wow they always have haven't they hasn't it always been like retail brands that you know when it comes down to it if there's like a perception of something and and they're out there saying it that's what people are going to believe and if if that perception needs to change you know people are going to listen to nike about that not necessarily a politician yeah (laughs) agreed as we've seen well said (laughs) yeah Cool. All right. Um, I guess I want to, I want to ask you like more questions as a, as a consumer too, because I think like being in the industry and being a media consumer puts you in this like jaded, but also like constantly interested point of view. It's like a weird, uh, you know, two-sided head, head of the coin. Um, so is there, is there something that you think as consumers, we should expect to, see or have to deal with in the next like three years five years that's interesting i think we already we are huh. we already are dealing with it well that's and that's that's fair it's some it could be something that is only starting to really kick up now and is going to continue to evolve my big fear of um, the third-party cookie dying is that we that it just kills ad experiences across right. major publishers. That um, without the third party to target against, um, that yeah, just ads get become very low quality, irrelevant. Uh, and, you know, from the industry perspective, my fear is, of course, that, um, you know, that the Google and may, you know, Google and uh, Facebook will probably have a lot of teeth in there. Right. That they will just dominate and all the advertisers will just throw their throw, throw money through them. And uh, those guys, they take up um, a big cut of the pie for a lot of publishers. And and it make yeah. it and you know lack of competition makes it harder for publishers to uh monetize well mm-hmm. but my worry is that yeah that ad quality for publishers goes down greatly with um lack of with lack of third party cookies and yeah i don't get targeted by a bunch of guitars and uh <laughs> guitars and whatnot yeah. everywhere um right are people going to be uh, from a consumer point i you know i've 
there are like some things I'm not quite sure about the future. I mean, you know, there was that big like everybody's asking for your email to um to enjoy content and then Apple um introduces private relay where you can basically send a fake email. And will that have an effect on ad quality potentially? Yeah. But I mean, one thing with the identity solutions, they're very cool and you can definitely charge a premium as a publisher if you if you have a uh, author, not authorized, uh, uh, authenticated user. Um, but any point of time, like it's about 5% of traffic on the web is authenticated users. So it's going to be, it's not going to be enough to make up for that third party cookie money. Uh, I guess getting used to ads back on TV <laughs> might be uh, right. might be something. Uh, you know, it, that, I mean, that's strange for me on like a personal level, but I think that's also because uh, I have a three year old and I spend any, any the minor amount of free time I get these days. I I spend like playing music, so I don't even watch much television. Yeah, I'm sure though with a with like a three year old. I mean, does he use YouTube yet? Is is yeah? Like, uh, she's she's is his ex- or her exposure to ads. Like, is that going to change once she's maybe using different media? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's weird. And just allowing my three year old kind of to enjoy and be on more media is it, it's weird. Yeah. Fortunately, there there's kind of enough tools that I can keep her away from the big bad web um yeah oh god and i'm sure you as someone who is working directly with technology that is meant to protect people from the big bad web this is even scarier you're like extremely (laughs) yeah very hyper aware of everything that can go wrong (laughs) yeah we my wife and i talk about talk about it a lot just like when is she gonna want a phone do we give her a phone does she really need a phone i mean so yeah, it's a brave new world uh, for for people with kids in, in this day and age. We're we're definitely, I guess, every generation plays it by ear, but I really feel like we're playing it, playing it by winging it. <laughs> yeah, just wing it. Everybody wings it. Um, I feel that. Yeah, um, yeah. For consumer experience, yeah. Um, I, I feel like ads back on television is gonna gonna be which, but it's funny now because yeah, no, I've got like three, four subscription services, and I don't watch ads on TV. I have no problem with the ads I see online, though. And mm-hmm. ah, mobile, man, I wish I wish advertising could improve. Actually, well, I mean, the thing, there is one thing that, what's going to happen with Apple? Because Apple seems to be trying to create its own private web where they set all the rules on how ads can be run and, and what can be done. And how that how users how consumers are going to be affected by that i don't know will they be happy with it because i got i've been in the industry a long time i got a long i got a long memory and iad was a disaster and it was basically set up like that that you know we're like we are gonna we're gonna completely revolutionize the ad experience and it was like oh and it was terrible It, it was more terrible for people on the back end, the companies yeah. that were trying to monetize through it. Consumers. Tell, tell me about it. I used to build the Apple News ads in the in the iAd workbench all the time and it was the hardest GIF I've ever made. <laughs> Do you think people would be I don't know, when you talk about like Apple has their own web, like that actually sounds like something consumers would jump into right away. I mean, ad, 
consumers jump into everything Apple all the time. It's like a cult. It's like people love their Apple. So I wonder, like, their advertisements over the last, over I would say the last year, have really been trying to sell that with this huge privacy push and stuff like that. Um, at the same time, they're they're definitely using your data to target their ads, but they're yeah. saying like, trust us, we're 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 doing good and. But, you know, a lot of people do trust everything Apple. I mean, I'm I'm a thorough Apple user. Um, same. At the same time, being like an industry person, I would rather that trust the publishers, the people running the sites to actually monetize their own properties. Yeah. And target ads that I might like. Mm-hmm. And to know their users and to know how to get that, that content to them. Bingo. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess the last question I'll ask is if you could tell us one thing you wish everyone in the industry would start doing and one thing you wish everyone in the industry would stop doing. And this could be a segment of the industry. Maybe, you know, it's it's the rev side, it's the sales side, it's the op side. Maybe it's um, specific to a, a channel, specific to publishers themselves. Um, is there a start and a stop that you can name? Well, I mean, I guess uh, to be to be the boring uh, sales guy, I wish uh, I wish revenue people in particular. If we, am I allowed to focus on revenue people? Absolutely. <laughs> I wish they would care more about user experience, and and just I wish they would care more about user experience and keep that in mind with all all of the things that that they're doing. I mean, it goes into my mind. Like, do I say stuff like stop adding more partners in your header? But at the same time. Publisher, a lot of publishers should be doing that and they need to do it in order to get bid density and they need some of that, the bid density in order to, um, in order to go up against kind of the Google black box of AdX and GAM. Um, I mean, I wish I could say Google stop being a black box, please be transparent. <laughs> uh, it would be to everybody's benefit. Um, I think you could say it. I, I, happen, I will say but... that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Google, please, uh, please separate uh, Gam and Addicts again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but the, the yeah publisher revenue people just think more about user experience because and 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 try to take that not in just like uh, the content. Think about the content of the ads that you're letting on your site, um, how you're targeting, and also number of ads, types of ads, formats. Um, try to just give it more weight. Now, think something that everybody could stop doing. Well, I mean, I guess I would I would point it out at an advertiser and just say like, stop using. Well, I can't say stop using third party cookies because I actually do like third party cookies. Right? Oh man, because you do. <laughs> but maybe stop using them in ways that uh, retargeting. Hurt. Retargeting. <laughs> it, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, oh well. Ah. Advertisers, well, everybody, just stop using CTR. <laughs> Come on, that. we're way past. Love that. We're way past expiration date on that. Look, there are so, there are other metrics. I I know CTR you, that you can tie it right back to the acquisition, the consumer visit, and all that. But it's it's a minimal metric. Um, and you're it. Look at the the average average click through rate's been what point oh oh eight or something it's not great. forever. It's not great. Yeah, I mean, and advertisers and this really does come down to advertisers just need to reevaluate how they 
what they want out of display advertising and what they're doing. And even with like retargeting campaigns, the awareness, the amount of times that you were able to get in front of consumer eyes. Oh, you know what? This is something actually you and I just kind of briefly talked about the other day. Reconsider um, time slash engagement metrics. Love that. And just like the amount of time you got in front of consumer eyes mm-hmm. uh, on different sites. I mean, you know, it's even better if they engaged, they hovered, if you can get that kind of details. Awesome. But just the amount of time. Consider more that it's a uni- it's it's a universal metric. It works across every medium that every digital medium i will gladly shout that from the rooftops and spread that gospel with you um yeah that is i am so ready to get rid of ctr pay attention to attention metrics you know Um, Uh, attention (laughs) more attention to attention more attention to attention that's what the industry needs to do Cool. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Yeah, this is, I guess we're at the top of the hour. Um, uh, thank you so much for just letting me go on and on and on. So, no, this uh, was perfect. <laughs> you you are, uh, again, like a legend, I think, in, in anyone who's been, um, you know, paying attention to the ad tech scene in the past couple of years, um, whether you work for a publisher or whether you've worked for an ad tech company like I have. Um, it's just, yeah, it's great to see you continue to do this um and and just have these opinions and be out there you know sharing them with people and even connecting yeah. the people you connect i mean it's uh it's it's cool that uh you know all, all these people you've ever interviewed stay in touch with you so that's that's really really something first off thank you so much for like doing this kind of stuff and 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 bringing people out to speak uh, their their deepest darkest secrets i mean hopefully people just, you're the first so i don't know if it's people yet it's person so far but, but I, I you know uh media trust is throwing a couple of um summits in san francisco and in new york and we do want to keep keep doing uh, doing what we can to bring just industry people together to talk doesn't always have to be about ad quality, bad ads, malware. I mean, I'm interested in everything else too. So, um, yeah, we're. I'm trying to trying to keep everybody uh, everybody talking. Cool. And if anybody wants to to find you, I, I know you already shouted your Twitter, but is there anywhere else people should should look? Uh, Media Trust Gavin is good. LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Gavin Dunaway, 1980. Giving away the giving away my time. I'm, I'm I think I'm the oldest Gavin Dunaway around for the moment. Uh, but also, uh, Gavin at the media trust. Uh, yeah, you can find all my info out there. I'm always up to, uh, have a chat. I apologize if I'm just a little, uh, strung out from, uh, from all this product marketing stuff. My goodness, the work never ends, does it, Nikki? It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's like, oh my God, what do you mean I got to do more documentation? Oh yeah. (laughs) On to the next one. And then Uh guess what? There's going to be another deploy next week. So. Oh no. What? What? What do you mean you need (laughs) a new client communication? (laughs) All right. Well, again, thank you, Gavin. Um, it's you. been a pleasure. Uh, and, and yeah, we hope uh, to have you again, maybe one day when, when some, some more to. uh, topics arise. Creative excellence at scale in your hands. Finally, automation has arrived for premium monetization. Seltra is the market leading creative tool for media owners and operators to implement a self-sufficient monetization strategy across their inventory with innovative premium ad products. To learn more, visit Seltra.com. You've been listening to Mediaside by Seltra. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us keep delivering the latest media information. Thanks for listening. Until next time.